We are easily offended by situations that seem unfair. Have you ever been on a multi-lane road where one of the lanes was disappearing and all of the cars needed to merge into fewer lanes? Often, folks start moving into the remaining lanes early. But there are always some who stay in the disappearing lane until the last minute. Folks have such strong opinions about the propriety of this that sometimes they'll move their car over to straddle the two lanes just to keep the cars in the disappearing lane from being able to pass them for a better spot. If you ask them why they feel so compelled, they'll say, it's not fair. Then there's the experience that we've all had where we've been waiting in one of the two checkout lines in a store. An employee comes over and opens a third lane and invites the person behind you to bring their basket over, even though you're ahead of them in line and have been waiting longer. And you think, that's not fair. In a higher tech example, airlines now use complicated algorithms to determine the highest price they can entice me to pay for a ticket based on my personal profile, not on the inventory of seats on a given flight. So it is that someone can be sitting one row in front of me in virtually the same seat, having paid hundreds of dollars less for their ticket. It's just not fair. Today we hear the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. It is one of Jesus' more unsettling teachings as it calls into question our deeply held notions of what is fair and equitable. Our first discomfort arises when wages are paid at the end of the workday. Customarily, those hired first would be paid first, but this manager starts the payments with those hired last. When those who had worked only one hour about one-twelfth of a normal workday, are given a full day's wage, you can almost hear the rest of the laborers getting excited, quickly calculating what they might receive at such rates. But as the manager continues handing out the wages, each group receives the same pay. Finally, when the manager hands the daily wage to those who worked diligently for 12 long hours, frustration and anger boil over. One of those outraged laborers gets up the nerve to complain. These last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the whole day and the scorching heat. Most of us probably agree. It goes against every principle of justice and fair play that we live by. It's just not fair. I wonder if this parable is so uncomfortable for us because it appears to be so at odds with how the world operates. In our daily lives, our instinctive response is shaped and formed by the world to believe that we earn what we have, that compensation is commensurate with work effort. From the time we are toddlers onward, we are taught how to live and succeed in the ways of the world. The early bird gets the worm. No pain, no gain. There is no such thing as a free lunch. 
We're told that if we follow the rules and work hard, we will get ahead. Yet this parable tells us that in God's economy, those who work the hardest and longest won't get ahead. They'll get the same. And that really is the rub, isn't it? We are offended by a system where those who show up late or put in no effort or are big fat sinners receive as much grace from God as we do. In response to the question the landowner poses at the end of the parable, we have to admit, yes, we are envious of God's generosity because it's just not fair. But this parable isn't about fairness. It's about God. And God, it turns out, is not fair. God does not play by our rules. God extends invitations indiscriminately and repeatedly. God gives each of us what is sufficient to our daily need. And God does not reward us based on our effort or merit. Our response to this image of God's kingdom has everything to do with our perspective. Over the past year, we've been looking intentionally at the path toward a deeper faith life. We've discussed grace, gratitude, and generosity. This fall, we're looking at discipleship. How do our lives align with what we profess about God? How are we becoming more Christ-like in our daily interactions and priorities? Where am I dying to me so that I can live more in Christ? For most of us, this is a huge step on this path into deeper faith. Because if we're honest, most of us are Christian to the extent that it is comfortable for us, to the extent that our faith is reconciled to our lifestyle and priorities. But discipleship, being a follower of Jesus rather than merely a fan, requires obedience, submission, and sacrifice. Stances we don't willingly take on in this world. It means allowing our hearts to be turned so that our self-focused lives might become God-focused lives. It means sacrificing convenience and comfort so that we might be actively involved in making this world look more like God's world. It means cultivating humility each and every day we draw breath so that we might increase in service to others and decrease in optimizing our own circumstance. Discipleship means changing our perspective. In most of Jesus' parables, we understand the point Jesus is making. And we know that even if we struggle to live into it, it is appropriate from God's perspective. 
God wants us to risk investing our talent in his world rather than playing it safe. Many of the seeds we scatter will not take root, but the few that do can produce a bountiful harvest. God wants even the world's uninvited wedding guests to be included in his great feast. We get it. But today's parable draws us up short because it so clearly delineates the difference between God's economy and the world's economy, which we've bought into and shaped our lives around. God's kingdom will offend all of us who assume that our circumstance, if it is to be truly good, must be earned and deserved. It will offend all of us who believe that God has a limited amount of grace and generosity to bestow, and so it shouldn't be thrown around indiscriminately. The fact that our reaction to this parable is, that's not fair, reminds us of just how hard it is to be a disciple. Being a disciple is like standing in the middle of a moving river. It is so much easier to allow ourselves to be taken by the current, to be carried along, allowing the water to chart our path. It is so much harder to plant our feet firmly and hold fast against the current so that we are able to stand our ground. As disciples, we are challenged to take our stand in a world that continually pushes us to succumb to the current. It's all a matter of perspective. Most of us identify with the workers that started early in the morning. From that perspective, we feel that we have been cheated, that we have not been given our due, that the landowner has been stingy. But friends, from God's perspective, we've all arrived at five o'clock. But for the grace of God, we would all be going home empty-handed. And lo, we are given more than we deserve. To be a disciple is to live in this world as if it were already God's fully redeemed world. It is to know that God's ways are not our ways, that God's economy is not the world's economy, that God's justice is not the world's justice, and that God's blessing is not the world's blessing. It is to know, thanks be to God, that God is not fair. Amen. <laughs>